0: Here's Elliott side by side down the backstretch. Castine in turn one drives it in deep to the problems
1: along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways.
0: He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on
1: J.C.'s Garage. Welcome to J.C.'s Garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshire joined by David Stiles and special guest Justin Nunley. Kyle Larson dominates North Wilkesboro in its first race back in 27 years kind of ran away with one towards the end he had a very fast car uh pretty easy to tell that he was the favorite uh once things got going but i want to get your thoughts justin and david on north Wilkesboro.
0: yeah you pretty much summed it up it was a one-man race had they not had the competition caution come out at lap 100 he would have lap the entire field like he wasn't that far away from lapping the entire field
2: you're exactly right justin uh, daniel suarez led 55 laps at the beginning of this thing and then kyle larson got a speeding penalty and if you Listen to his in-car. He said, hey, I think I'm a little bit too quick here on pit road. And they said, yeah, we got we got flagged for speeding. He goes to the back of the pack and then drove like a maniac all the way back to the front. I think there's a video on social media that kind of depicts his charge back up through the field. And then he took the lead led for 145 laps, and that was all she wrote. I mean, we've seen this before at North Wilkesboro, so it's not anything out of the uh, norm. I mean, in the past, we've had people win by 20-something seconds, and you know, there are only two or three cars on the lead lap. But what I'm more interested in is kind of what happened after that, and then I wanted to get Justin's thoughts on what he thought about the revival of the racetrack and just the amount of people there and the pageantry and really what the atmosphere of North, of North Wilkesboro was. So what what were your thoughts on that, Justin? It was
0: absolutely amazing. Uh, I did a news interview prior to the race with the local CBS there and I was telling them, you know, when I walked in, I did not expect what I saw. I was expecting, you know, it still to be, you know, pretty run down and kind of just put lipstick on a pig, but that was not the case at all. I was very surprised what I saw the the atmosphere surrounding the race was was the best I had ever seen. Uh, the excitement surrounding the race was second to none. Uh, it just it, it kind of sucks that the race didn't live up to the hype because I mean to be honest, it was it was kind of a boring race.
1: Yeah, the race without Kyle Larson when he was in the back, the the battle between Dino Suarez and Denny Hamlin, I thought it was pretty entertaining. But once Kyle Larson got on, he uh, He kind of stunk up the show. A weekend sweep for Kyle Larson. Really, he was the only one that could figure out at North Wilkesboro. Uh, As quickly as he did, it's very impressive. But a guy like Kyle Larson, he's known to do stuff like this. He's uh, probably the most talented driver in the Cup Series right now. And Hendrick Motorsports has been on a roll. So not really surprised that Kyle Larson comes home with the win. But uh, his domination, to me, uh, at the start of the race when Daniel Suarez was leading, I thought, it was going to be pretty hard to uh, go out there and pass the leaders. And me and Justin, we uh, we were standing on top of turn four, uh, just watching the race. And you could see it, at, like middle of the, uh, just after I think lap fifty, you mm-hmm. you just looked at Kyle Larson and he was flying around guys on the front straightaway. He would exit lower, get on this concrete patch off of turn four, and he was just moving through the field with ease. It looked like he had at least two hundred more horsepower than everybody else. Uh, just super, super fast, and kind of stuck up the show. But uh, you got to give some credit to Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, uh, both twenty three eleven drivers. They finished and round out the top three. But J- David, I just want to get your thoughts on TV. Had the had the race look?
2: It looks pretty solid. I mean, the crowd was great, and to me, that's that's just a barometer of of the event in general. So everyone was out and in droves, and it, it to me, it was just a hallmark and testament. To the Western North Carolina area, which I am from, to see that kind of reception and to see that there's still a very big passion for racing in that area, to me, it just made me feel very proud to be from Western North Carolina. And I, I kind of agree with both of you. It, it it was a lackluster race, but I feel like everyone had a good time. And to me, you know, the, the pit crew challenge I thought was a success that uh, Ty Gibbs team, they won a hundred grand, which is very cool. Um, to me, I think we should race there again. I, I kind of agree with some of my other colleagues here on the performance racing network that we should have a points race there for Xfinity, uh, next year. Cause I think that would be awesome. These Xfinity cars do really, really well on these short tracks. And for me, I'm looking at NASCAR to kind of tweak this short track package for this next gen car and see if we can't get the racing a little bit better. And I know that it's not a perfect world and the mile and a halfs are good right now and the Road courses are good right now, but I don't want us to get away from going to these smaller tracks like Bristol and Martinsville and Richmond and now North Wilkesboro. I don't want to see us go away from the smaller tracks and from the short track racing because that's really where the sport started. And I thought that this whole weekend was just a good homage to the beginning of the sport because I I don't think we need to forget that before the big meeting that happened in Daytona with NASCAR, there was a pre-meeting and it happened In Wilkesboro after this North Wilkesboro race back in, what, 1947, 48, around there, right before NASCAR, you know, became a a major league event or a major stock car racing uh, league. So for me, this place holds a lot of history and it was really cool being a Terry Labonte fan. So in 1996, the last time that North Wilkesboro was open, Terry Labonte actually won there in the Ironman car. So to see the five car go back to victory lane, they've won there three times, Hendrick Motorsports has with the five car. It To me, it was just very special. And I mean, Kyle Larson, like you guys have said, he's been doing this since day one. He can go out and dominate a racetrack. And that's exactly what he did. But Bubba Wallace coming in second, and I kind of wanted to get Justin's opinion on this. He was very unhappy to finish second, which he should be, and he's a very polarizing figure in our sport, and he had a little bit of a slip there with uh, throwing up a hand sign saying that someone was number one. We don't know who that was, but it's also came out in a couple of different reports that someone was able to hijack their in-car radio system, and Bubba didn't hear this, but the team heard it, which the person that hijacked it basically said, We don't want you in NASCAR like you're not welcome here. So I kind of wanted to get Justin's thoughts on that from just a social media kind of standpoint because, you know, you don't want to be giving someone the number one, you know, sign on television and kind of how you handle all of this PR that may happen.
0: Well, you know, when I first saw the clip, my initial thoughts were um, he saw one of his buddies. You know, and he, he shot him the bird kind of like a... Like a joke. You know, what's up? Yeah, that, that's what I thought. And that's what it came out that they wound up saying that it was. That's why he's not going to get penalized. Um, but, you know, with Bubba, like you said, he's so polarizing that people automatically assume the worst. And, um, you know, it, it's almost gotten to the point where, like, anytime anybody says anything negative about Bubba... You know, it it always has to have that connotation to it. Like you don't like him for this reason, you know, which there's a million different reasons why you couldn't like somebody, you know, especially a driver, because there's plenty of drivers that catch a lot of heat. Um, and with Bubble, with the with the person hijacking the the radio, you know, there was lots of talk about that. You know, somebody saying, you know, uh, go back where you came from uh the way that i initially took that was you know go back to arca go back to xfinity go back to mobile alabama you know so that's that's kind of how i take it now it may not have been sent that way but you know who knows unless you actually find the person that said it
1: yeah it's not every day that you you get somebody to hijack your in-car radio or anything with the team it's not an easy thing to do but when it happens and when you get a controversial driver People are going to talk about it and they're going to have their ways of what they think is right and what they think is wrong. Um, It's a touchy subject, but again, it happens. So with, with the incident after the race uh, in the interview, I think for Bubba Wallace to do it in an interview, not the smartest thing to do Um, could have waited, could have, could have done it before the interview. But again, it's in the moment and it's passed already. So kind of just go on from there for Bubba Wallace, but as we look forward to uh to charlotte motor speedway and the coke 600 i want to ask justin a question which uh i know you've been to a couple uh races over the past couple years and uh i want to get your thoughts on on how you like to enjoy the races what's your favorite part about them um what what do you expect when you go to a track
0: uh what do i expect different tracks have different feels to them you know like uh where i like to watch a race at when i'm at the track like at wilkesboro um me and you watched it from up in turn four that was the best seat in the house in my opinion we was up on top of that the new building that they built and it was like a little bar there um very cool place to watch race and we also watched you know the uh the race in uh the pre-race or whatever from uh ricky stenthouse jr's pit box which was not a good view i had a <laughs> neck cramp by the end of it trying to watch <laughs> it on the tv because all you can see is the front stretch um uh, different tracks have different feels. i like watching from the infield at vegas Uh, they have a really cool infield uh, good view and everything it just really depends on the track setup but i i I love the racing i've always been a racing fan and i'm looking forward i'm not going to be at the you know the 600 this weekend but i'm looking forward to watching it and speaking of the 600 have you seen tyler reddick's yeah, I have. I was going to talk Jordan about car. that. Yeah, man,
2: it's it looks pretty sweet, yeah, and I. It's a good looking car, and I'm a, I'm a Duke fan. I'll I'll admit it, but that car looks really really slick, and to have the Jordan brand on it, and Michael Jordan being a North Carolina guy, it, to me that's just that's just so cool. And you know, I, I kind of want to transition into this. What did you think was kind of the best paint scheme this past week, or kind of the best paint scheme that you've seen this year? Because when me and JC talk about that about every week, and we had a really good time uh, looking at the Darlington paint schemes, but I, I kind of wanted to see, you know, what, what is your taste, and what do you think a good race car looks like?
0: Uh, I Who was it that was driving the old throwback to the Folgers car this weekend?
1: Was that Michael McDowell, I think?
0: It was McDowell. He didn't have a good showing <laughs> mm-hmm. in the uh, in race racing, but the car looked
1: good. Yeah, the car did look good. And yeah. then, like, obviously... Looking at twenty three eleven with Michael Jordan uh, being one of their co owners, it's it's been cool to see the paint schemes that are uh, kind of th- throwbacks to shoes that he's made um, as as a basketball mm-hmm. player. He's got a line of shoes. Everybody knows it, uh, the Jordan brand, and obviously Kurt Busch won at Kansas in one with the elephant print uh, style uh, forty five car. I have the die cast of it. I think that car looked incredible and this one a throwback to the unc uh when he was back played basketball in college just a really good color and and a great track to have it at in charlotte Uh, i really like the throwback to it and and i like when when uh teams do this with um their paint schemes i like when they change it up and they get really unique paint schemes it's it's really cool to see it and i know justin you were in darlington last week how uh what what was your favorite paint scheme there because that had a lot of cool throwbacks too
0: Oh wow. Um man, I really liked Corey LaJoy's paint scheme, his throwback mm-hmm. to Randy LaJoy. Um mm-hmm. that was a, that was a really cool paint scheme and uh, Eric Amarola's it was uh, it was it was nice. Although you did have mm-hmm. two drivers. Who who is it? Ricky Stenhouse and somebody else. Ross Chastain, uh, they, they had the, uh, the, the UPS they, color they, scheme. They, yeah. yeah. They showed up to the party wearing the same dress. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, they did. And if you've been around women very long, that right there is a no, no. Somebody going to change in the car.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And kind of transitioning a little bit, you had a, a, I enjoyed them. A couple of really good uh, reels or I don't know if that's what you call them, TikToks from the uh, track. And I really liked the one where you said, uh, intrusive thoughts for the win, and then you go up and
0: start yeah. changing
2: the scoreboard. I thought that was genius. How do you come up with some of these?
0: Um I don't know. I'm just, I'm an opportunist. I don't have any plan when I go to the tracks. I just like to get there and fill it out and see what I can play with. Because that night, I think he was with us, JC, mm-hmm. uh, when we when we had that idea to do that. And uh, I was trying to get with Steve Swift so he could come get on to me and he was out on the golf cart doing ops work, and uh, I, he said, "He said get, get Graham to do it. And I said, do you think Marcus would do it? And he said, no, but I think Graham will. So it was funny that somebody commented on the video and said, hey, uh, uh, did Marcus Smith know you was doing this? And I said, I can't confirm nor deny, but <laughs> it was Graham, his son, that was actually the one yelling at me. Oh, that's great. I,
2: and what did you think of the scoreboard? I mean, that's as old school as it gets, just – you know being able to change and flip and it, it almost looks like a baseball type scoreboard and I know that you're a huge baseball
0: fan what what did you think of it I I love that what I love so much about Wilkesboro is that there was so much history there and nobody really did a whole lot to try to modernize it if you will uh, all the all the old Winston Cup stuff was still up uh the you go into any kind of uh, bar or area there all the old signs were there which was really cool to talk to some of the old timers and they would tell you about how the signs were actually taken down after the last race in 96 and put in a barn or in a shed or something and kind of you know kept out of the weather which was really cool forethought um for somebody to have because most people had just said we're never racing here again who cares so that that was really cool yeah, and and they were in
1: every single building you went to, um, like any suite you wanted to go into, uh, the infield, the media center. There was a, a shine shack um, in the infield. It had signs in it. Just a lot of cool history at North Wilkesboro. Uh, but as we go down a little bit south, not far down to Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, Denny Hamlin, who won the race last year. Uh, this track last year, in my opinion, had the held the best uh, racing that we saw last year. Long, longest race we have. But the racing at the one-and-a-half-mile track was really, really good. And uh, the guy who just won the All-Star race won it a couple of years ago. He's very good on the mile-and-a-halves. half. we have seen Charlotte over the past couple of years turn into a very, very good racetrack. I know, Justin, you won't be down there. But uh, kind of our home track um, for, for the guys at Speedway Motorsports. And for, for us to finally get here uh, to, our, to our home track, a Memorial Day weekend, a, a great uh, celebration of the men and women who uh, served um, the country, and and I just really love this weekend. It's close by, and the racing's always good.
0: Absolutely, you know, not to not to backtrack or anything, but there is one story out of Wilkesboro that we didn't get to is mm-hmm. Josh Berry. That dude could yeah. race. He can and with Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman's cleared to race for the six hundred. This coming weekend i think that just came out today he got his medical clearance Mm -hmm. today so uh what's next for josh berry is is he gonna when is he gonna be able to slide into a cup car because that that dude can flat out drive
2: in in my opinion i think he's more than proved himself i think he's very worthy of a cup level ride i do know with the change of legacy motorsports going over to toyota i know that those two drivers are locked up so i don't see him kind of getting into one of those rides. Um, I don't really know on the Chevy side if there's going to be anything opening up, but I think he's more than earned it. And I want to see him race a full season because I think he's got the talent. And if he gets paired up with the right crew chief and the right team, I think it's very possible that he could win at a short track. And I mean, he's just so good in the Xfinity Series too. And he's paid his dues. And I I think it's time that he gets moved up. And to me, selfishly, I kind of want Junior Motorsports to come into the cup series, but I don't know when that time will be. They kind of hint that they will at some point, but we just don't know when. And I think that he would be a great fit to be junior's first driver in the cup series, but we just, we just don't know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts, uh, JC?
1: Well, obviously Josh Berry has proved himself. Uh, The car that we have, this next gen car is probably the hardest car to go from uh, an Xfinity car or a truck car and step into it and perform well. and, when he's filled in for chase, we, we noticed towards the last couple of races he was in the nine car, he just kept improving and improving. And he got to Richmond, finished second. You you don't see a driver come up from the Xfinity series and do that as quickly as as a guy like Josh Berry did. And Josh Berry's obviously proved that that he can drive in the Xfinity series. He's a great short track guy. And Junior Motorsports has, has really given him a name. Uh, to build in the Xfinity series, coming from a guy who was friends with Dale Jr. Um, just racing late model stock cars, but I I really think he's he's right there to getting a Cup ride. He deserves it. He he should get one next year. It's just about the opportunities got to come up. I don't want to see him go into the Cup series in a car that's a back runner. Um, I I want to see him be competitive, and I think see, that if was... he if he like finds a ride that's competitive, I think that's where he should go for it. But he's right there.
0: See, that was that was one thing that I was thinking about earlier, and I don't want to see him get in a you know get in a car that's back rudder either. But you've got other drivers like Corey LaJoy, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That I believe if you put those two drivers into one of these bigger teams cars, mm-hmm. they would dominate. I mean, especially Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey is a great driver and. I, I almost would hate to see Josh slide in and it's st- leave Corey on the on the outside again. Yeah, I agree and and I think that this car
2: moving to the next gen, you know, setup where there is more parity. I mean, we can see it week in and week out. It's made the drivers more important. And we saw last year, we had 19 different winners in the Cup Series. I think it's more than 70% of the field has won a race, which is almost unheard of. I mean, when you look at the overall stats, we have around 3000 something people to have started a cup race and only 200 something winners. That's like, you know, 10, 12%, you know, winning races. So to see this level of parity where we have the opportunity for these one and two car teams and and I'm not saying that one and two car teams can't be successful. I mean, look at Trackhouse; They're very, very good, but they've got two very aggressive drivers and they've got a very aggressive owner. And so, you know, they're the third Chevy, top, third top Chevy team and they get OEM support. So of course they're going to be a little bit better than the other Chevy teams. But when you have these backmarker cars now, they have a shot, a legitimate shot when they go to these super speedway races to get a win, if they can win the battle of attrition, But just like we saw last year at New Hampshire, Eric Amarola was not good all year. And I know that he's in a premium ride over there with Stuart Haas, but he was able to win that race. And so it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, the right place, the right time happens for Corey LaJoy, or we may see Michael McDowell get another win or Ricky Stenhouse get another win. Like you were saying, Justin, I think it's just. A matter of right circumstances. And when we hear, you know, uh, interviews from Daniel Suarez or, you know, a couple of these other guys who have won a single race and they're trying to get their second win under their belt, they say something that to me is very profound. They're like, everything has to go perfect for us to win a race on I- any given Sunday. Like the, cr- the crew chief has to make perfect calls. The pit crew has to be perfect. I have to be perfect. And I think that, you know, last year we got, you know, treated To having so many different winners that we don't realize just how difficult it is to win at this series, and I mean it's completely different this year. We've got you know only a a handful of winners and multiple uh, race winners already this year. So I think that we're gonna come back to earth a little bit, but I, I think that it's you know very likely that those guys that you mentioned could get a win, and if Josh Berry goes into you know a back marker car i think he could do a great job but i agree with you i don't want him to go into a backmarker car and just languish there you know running around in 25th all year i want to see what he can do in a premium ride and i think that he could be very very good in a premium ride
0: yeah, yeah no and i really do too
1: yeah i i agree with that because you've we've seen in Corey lejoy's entire career he's always been in a shot that's that's always outside looking in um on the super speedways and. When you get a back car you always circle the super speedways as your race uh whether that's daytona or talladega and or now atlanta but i josh Berry is a very talented driver and and there's a lot of guys in the cup series that really haven't gotten a chance that that are very very good drivers you, it's it's a hard business to be in when there's only 30 uh 30-ish cars that that are going to be winning a race in in their entire existence so I think for Josh Berry, where he sits right now in Xfinity Series, he's got a top level car there. Um, his next step is obviously Cup. He deserves to be there. Um, it's just whether he will get a competitive ride. And and if I was him, I'd be looking for the competitive ride uh, or Junior Motorsports to move into the Cup season. on when I'm signing that uh, agreement to go up there and race. One question I wanted to
2: ask you, Justin: How long have you been a race fan? I know that you know you. I've listened to you on a couple of different podcasts. Just, you know, preparing to to talk a little bit. And I know that you're a big Braves fan and um and that kind of stuff. But have you have you been a race fan for a long time or your whole life? Or oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I have. Uh mine and crystals first sports date back in two thousand and eight was at uh Talladega. So I've 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 been a big fan of racing ever since I was a kid, you know, growing up watching watching Dell Senior and uh, the Allisons, uh, you know, me being from Alabama, of course, you know, oh, yeah. Davy Allison fan, but no, I, yeah, I've, I've always been real big into race and I've, I've been to several tracks before I even, you know, uh, became popular on social media. Richmond. I, I love Richmond. I really want to go back to Richmond, uh, them coming off, uh, when they come out of turn two, if oh, yeah, are down there by the, by the fence, man, they are banging on it. Um, I don't know how much that track's changed. I think that was back in 2011 when I was there at Richmond. I don't know if the track's changed any since then, but I would really like to watch another race there.
2: But, Richmond's uh, good because they've got multiple lanes to run in, but sometimes yeah. it kind of just evens the field out a little bit. They kind of mm-hmm. they just get right. strung out. I like it, it, to me people if they ask me where you, they should go watch a race, I tell them to go to Bristol and watch watch a race yeah. because Bristol, Bristol's you just. Can't beat it it's insane and it's like watching fighter jets in a you know in a yep. soup bowl i mean they're just going so fast it's hard to for me like watching it i don't know how our play-by-play guys keep up with it sometimes about where the leader is at because it just looks like they're all just in a big circle but um yep. yeah who who was your favorite uh
0: growing up was it davy allison or was it somebody else no probably Dell senior yeah I love the aggressiveness with Dell senior uh you know and then, you know, after he passed away, of course, it was Dale Jr. That's who everybody was. And, you know, after Dale Jr. kind of, he was a little bit disappointing, <laughs> just to yeah. be honest, you know. After, I, th- I think he got a little bit scared of the car, just to be honest. You don't hear a lot of people talk about that, but especially when it came to, like, some of the super speedways, you know, he would always speak out against it, like, we need to stop racing here. It's too dangerous and everything. I think he was scared of the car after his dad passed away. I really do.
2: Well, and to me, that's just a natural reaction to oh, have 100 i mean that, yeah, there's I nothing wrong him. with that at all
0: how do you feel about people comparing chastain to dale senior i think it's a good comparison to be honest i wish chastain would just lean into it not really care what others think and i really don't think mm-hmm. he does Absolutely. but it's a different it's a different era you know yeah it's kind of hard to be brash and cocky and i, I wish they would you know, it would be better for the sport, and I think it would be better for their sponsors. But I think everybody's so corporate and worried about what, you know, corporate America is going to think. Man, it's a damn, it's a redneck sport. And Enjoy it, you know? <laughs> to yeah. me, I, and I've
2: told JC this before, I want a little bit more WWE in this. Like, I, I liked when they fought. I don't want them to fight every week because then it's not as special. But when Noah went up to him and, and put hands on him and Ross told him to stop and he didn't, and then he mm-hmm. clocked him, I love it. I mean, I can't, I'm just like, yes, like we need people who are upset when they get out of the race car and we need people to not like one another because it makes the sport better. And so I I agree with you. I think, I don't think it's a perfect comparison because I think there are differences between them. And I, and I do agree. I wish that Ross would lean into it a little bit harder and just be like, you know, I'm not out here to make friends. I don't care who you are. If you're in the way you're going to get moved, but I think it's really good for the sport. And I think the sport's in a good spot right now. I mean, i i w- I would curious to what you think about that as far as the product on the track.
0: I do. i th- I think the sports I think the sport's doing well. I think it's I think it's on the cusp of making a huge comeback. What I think would project it even more is if NASCAR would let the drivers show their personality, unrestricted personality. Mm-hmm. If you want to flip the fans off, flip them off who gives a shit. We're all adults, you know? Yeah, I um, fully it, agree. If you want to fight, let them fight till they hit the ground. Go by hockey rules. Yeah. I agree with Dale, C- Dale Jr. on that. You know, let them go. Uh, it's good for the sport. There's, there's emotions, in it. it shows that it's an emotional sport. It shows that people don't always get their way. You know, it's, uh, I mean, hell, everybody loves baseball when there's a bench clear. Yeah. Sorry, Mm -hmm. but they do. Yeah. Everybody likes NASCAR. When you have a huge wreck, you know, let them fight. Mm -hmm. How much, how much, how much exposure did NASCAR get when, when Ross Chastain drove the wall at Martinsville? Come on, man. Oh, a ton. And then, Mm -hmm. and then you turn around and you ban the move. Like, what are y'all thinking? Like, hell, if somebody wants to tear their damn car up, let them go. that. It adds an yeah. extra strategy. You may have to block that guy up there on that, you know, very high line. Yeah, I, I, to
2: yeah. me, I don't understand that that at all. Why they why they did that? Mm-hmm. Because it's very simple to stop yeah. him from doing that. I mean, if he's doing that, just go up there in front of him. He can't drive through you. So that, to look me, at Darlington. Yeah, I mean, to me, yep. for them to, and Denny Hamlin, yep. for them to make that rule is just they're just sucking the fun out of it. I mean, they're fun who suckers. Who was it they
0: got mm-hmm. left? Who was it they got left out of the? Championship Four when uh, Ross did that, it was, was it uh Denny Hamlin? yeah it was, Denny. it was Denny, yeah it was Denny you know, because yeah. he passed him right that, at the line. Yep, I yeah put that I put that whole thing on Denny spotter. Denny spotter should have told him hit the high line now. Yeah, hit the high line now. Mm-hmm. He up up up. What yep.
1: Yeah. On. Yeah. Because if if Ross Chastain runs into somebody, his car's so destroyed that it's not going to get any drive. Exactly. That's what happened with Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Kyle Larson went up to the high side of Darlington on the last lap. And was making momentum on Denny Hanlon, but Denny Hanlon moved in front of him and mm-hmm. Kyle Larson hit his rear bumper and that was the end of it. Because he yeah. had to drive off.
2: Now I, I wanted to kind of get your opinion on this too. Do you think that we have less of those personalities because we have such I don't I don't know of a good way to put this, like silver. PC spoon. Culture. Yeah, PC culture and then silver spooned mm-hmm. drivers. I like do. where yep. we we have these kids that they've been racing for a long time and they've been racing with not daddy's money but kind of house money and really the only one that's different from that is ty gibbs because he just does whatever he wants and then is like oh i'm sorry and (laughs) it's like it's like bro learn to drive the car but he's like oh i don't care i'll do whatever i want and and so do you think that it's kind of like that like there's a little bit of that uh oh i've got to play nice with everybody and then you know this is you know kind of daddy's money or i'm the silver spoon kid because there's no like like ross is doing it right he was a you know what, ninth generation watermelon farmer, watermelon and he's watermelon. not out there to make friends at all.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think your biggest problem in sports PR, I yeah. really do. Mm-hmm. It's it's it. NASCAR's looked at as redneck sport. Embrace embrace it. Whatever, who cares? You know all these all these initiatives that NASCAR does to to try to bring in new viewers or try to appeal to a demographic that's not going to give a shit about the sport anyways, what are you doing? Like, appeal to the people that is already there. Yeah. Yeah. It don't make sense to me.
1: Like, going to Chicago, I don't know. We know the racing at Chicago is going to be bad. Like, it's It's a street circuit with 3,000-pound stock cars. This
2: this is the thing. Like, it might be good. Like, I'm not going to say that it's bad because we haven't seen it yet. But the politics behind it, like, it, yeah. unless that mayor and that city are just absolutely on fire for this, what's the what's the point? I mean, they're mm-hmm. we're going to go up there, they're going to have a race, and then, you know, I know they're NASCAR has said, we're not state. only yeah. going to go, one, uh, you know, to a new place one time, we'll give it another shot. But who's to say that the city won't just be like, you know what? We didn't enjoy this. Our people mm-hmm. didn't enjoy this because we had to block off 90% of the city. And they were mad for two weeks, and they don't care about racing. So, to me, it, it I don't know. Like, I, I kind of agree with you guys. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm not going to just write it off because we haven't seen the on-track product yet. It may be great.
0: Yeah. The teams are not going to like it. No. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you if yeah. you know this or not, but they've already told them that there's no parking for the teams. They're going to have to either rent one of those uh, scooters, you know, one of those lift scooters, which, you know uh, – uh Joe Gibbs son died on last year in Phoenix. Um mm-hmm. there I'm telling you something something bad is gonna happen at that race and I, I pray that it doesn't. But they're either going to have to walk or they're gonna have to take the scooters. Either way, everybody's vulnerable leaving the track and going back to their hotels. Yeah,
2: I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Just not a yeah I don't know. I'm not and I'm not sold on it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah.
1: And I think the the decision with the Chicago street course is kind of chasing F one, I don't think F one's a a sport even in the racing world. You could really try to chase. They're so far ahead of the game on on viewership and amount of people that watch the stuff that it's really not mind, worth JC. trying to change. Yeah, because uh, the racing product my, isn't good. It, sucks. it, it really, Oh, it's terrible. Yeah.
0: The same thing that starts you, at P one ends in P one. Like, what are yeah, you doing?
1: And like that, I think that's a world where like they're obviously worldwide but they also like the drivers outside of the sport are allowed to do so many different things with like social media and and reaching out to people and i think that's what nascar needs to do i agree 100% i, I kind
2: of want to ask you this too do you think if nascar would have been to the market first with something kind of like the netflix series drive to survive mm-hmm. do you think oh. that it would have paid off a lot more than what the f1 series did and what it did for their sport
0: Yep. I kind of feel the same it. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think
1: NASCAR viewership and F1 viewership before COVID, before they did the whole Netflix thing, I honestly think they were pretty similar. I think F1 was a little bit bigger, but compared to what it is now, where F1 will get like 400,000 people for two days, like, and, and it's just, it's hard to chase. It's NASCAR trying to chase them doesn't really make sense because f1 so far ahead of every sport basketball football soccer like baseball they're they're just in a different league when it comes they're not really even a sport you can can't really consider it well i mean to like, get no, i don't know
2: i don't know get it's, 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 to get to like me think about like ratings and then you know thinking in that nature nba is way down i don't see it kind of making a resurgence for a long time i just think that the stuff that happens politically and i hate to be that way but just the stuff that happens politically and just the vibe that they give off. People just don't want to watch that. And they've you know, made the product where it doesn't matter Yeah, I know. And, and, and to it's me, stupid. I, yeah, yeah.
1: Hockey is too. Like I, yep. I love watching the NHL and Stanley cup playoffs in my opinion are, are, probably one of the best sporting series uh, when it comes to playoff time. And, and hockey's going the same way. They're trying to reach a different demographic other than the ones they already have. when, that that's really not the thing you should be trying to do. Reach the people that you're, you know, are gonna come back and and they're going off in different ways, changing the score. I just don't understand it. But as we move to the Coke Six Hundred, uh, a super long race, gotta gotta survive this one uh, for six hundred miles. This is a track that I think you can get a lot of different winners. I think it evens out the playing field. Uh, being a super long race, you have to survive it. And uh, last year we saw a battle between Kyle Larson and and Chase Briscoe down to the very end, and they ended up wrecking each other, and and it went into a late race restart, and and Denny Hamlin snagged the win. But this this race is one that if you're gonna win it, you need a great crew chief. You really need a great team to back you up. Uh, you need to be smart on the pit box. And and when you watch this race, Justin, um, I wanna I wanna think who which guy has the good driver a good car and a good crew chief to win this race
0: Ooh, i think it's about like i told you on uh on sunday brad keselowski mm-hmm. you you can never count that dude out like i i know this is my second week in a row to pick him but <laughs> I, <laughs> he's always got it he's always in a good car he's a great driver and he's got it he's got a good crew chief and a good spotter
2: i, I think they've been trending up both him and Chris Busher and he's, he's won at Charlotte before he's won a a Coke 600 before for me. I think it's, I'm I'm not going to pick a driver just yet, but I think for me, this race having the extra stage because we're running 400 laps. So they break it into 100 lap segments. I think this one really helps the racing and two, it kind of helps you set up your strategy a little bit because you know, you, you can't win the race on the first lap, but you can sure lose it on the first lap if you do something a little hairy too early in this race because it, it truly is, you know, man versus, you know, not the elements, but man versus the track and in, in your other competitors because, I mean, it's no longer, you know, time versus the machine. Like, will the car go 600 miles? Yes, these, these cars can go 600 miles. It's now more of a focus on, you know, what the driver can do and what their crew chief can do to put themselves in a good position to get a look at a win. So, you know, what can you do over these 400 laps? You're going to, at some point, they're just going to be running around clicking off laps and you've still got to be on your A game because we've seen Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. come out and put their car on a rail. And I think Truex led like 393 of 400 laps in 2018 and just, pistol whip the field. And Kyle Larson did something very similar to that a couple of years ago. So if you're not careful, we'll have a, a situation like we did at North Wilkesboro, where if there's one guy who's nailed the setup and they kind of hit that transition from going uh, afternoon into nighttime, you're going to have a hard time catching them and they're just going to run away with it.
1: Yeah. And the track at Charlotte we've seen over the past couple of Uh, years, this race with the Coke 600, it it changes. The lines start to change. Uh, when the race starts, it's normally the bottom line that they like to run, running the the left side tires on the paint, get a little bit of grip down there. But as rubber starts to lay down, middle of the night, you might see them move up a little bit more, run about middle of the track in the turns. And, and they might even get to the wall. At, At Charlotte, we've seen multiple groove racing, but it's, it also changes over time seeing the 600 miles. Um, Sometimes at night when it gets towards the end of the race, they'll be uh, get that right side of the car right on the wall, uh, especially in Turn 3 and 4. It's a little bit easier to do it there. Turn, turn 1 and 2, they're, they're probably going to stay towards the middle, towards the end of the race. But I could see them towards the end of the race get, getting by the wall uh, in Turn 3 and 4, maybe see some slide jobs. Racing's great at Charlotte Motor Speedway, another sold-out crowd, back-to-back, back, uh, Coke 600s with sellouts. So, going to be a fun race. Um, David, who do you think uh, is going to win?
2: I like his Brad Keslowski pick. I like that pick. I think it's good. But I think someone else that has also won here previously has a little bit of momentum. I'm going to pick the 19. I'm going to pick Martin Truex Jr. I think he goes to victory lane again here. He's been very solid at this racetrack. And you know, I think it, it it's, it's his time to get that second win this year. I think he's going to have a, a, a surgency here through the summer, and they're going to come alive. So I think him and his crew chief, uh, James Small, have finally got it hammered out, and they, uh, they'll they get back to victory lane.
1: Yeah, and Justin, are you still sold on uh, Brad Keselowski? It's a really good pick with the driver-crew chief combination, and they've been pretty good this year.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, there's a couple more that that i think is going to do very well this weekend ryan blaney i think is going to have a good weekend uh probably, martin truex is not a bad pick there either he's had one pole already in, what two top five finishes
2: yeah he's been very mm-hmm. solid this year so far and he's yeah. he won at dover he broke his almost what 60 race winless streak at mm-hmm. one of his what three home tracks so
0: oh yeah, yeah. Him and his brother swept that yeah they in, did and he
2: burned he burned the tires off of that car. They had to jack it up and put more tires on it to get him to victory Lane. So he was he was definitely jacked up for that. So I, I think he could go on a little bit of a run. They've got a little bit of momentum still from that,
1: yeah. and this this race for um for predictions, you got to look at guys who you want to pick an aggressive guy every week, but this is a track that you got to be kind of passive on to survive the night. And uh, I like Daniel Suarez. This is where he got his first win of his career. The, around this time last year, he got it at Sonoma, just kind of entering the summer months. Ross Chastain's a great race car driver. I just think he's too aggressive uh, to, to take home the Coke 600. So I like to look at veterans. I like Kyle Larson. I like Joey Logano. I like Christopher Bell. Even though he's younger, I think he's got the skill set to win here. Uh, Denny Hamlin's great. Martin Truix is great. Uh, Kevin Harvick, Brad Kozlowski. But the guy I'm going to go with, I, I like to pick with the 19 of Martin Truex. But I think Tyler Reddick. If Tyler Reddick can get a good race car, I think he's good enough to to survive the night at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, survive the 600 laps, and take that Chevrolet or Toyota uh, with with a beautiful paint scheme home.
2: I like it. That's a good pick, and it'd be really cool to see that Carolina Blue car in victory lane as well.
1: Yeah, so Justin, uh, you're not going to be at Charlotte Motor Speedway, but you're going to be at Bristol, I think, is your next race. Uh, if Is yeah. there any way you can get engaged with fans uh, f- who are going to be at the Bristol Night Race? Is, is there anything that they can do to, to maybe meet you at the track?
0: Yeah, we're usually out at the uh, – just keep an eye on my socials. We're usually out at the fans on stage at some point during the weekend at Bristol, um, usually a couple times, so just keep an eye out and – you'll see us out there
1: yeah well thank you justin for joining us uh thank you david too i'm jc yeah no problem and thanks for stopping by the garage